Well, all I can say is this. To God be the glory. And it's my prayer that each one of you here today, not just today, but every day, every Sunday that you come here, that you come with confident expectation of a move of God. I am overwhelmed by the presence of God. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord God, that we would seek your face with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our strength. That we would seek after you diligently every day, Lord God, as you tell us in your word that we are to do. That is our purpose. Fellowship with you and to seek you, seek your voice, hear your voice, and obey. And Lord God, thank you for what you are saying to us this morning through this word that you have given me to share. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now I'd like to, as I start, to share this with you. When Pastor Lane said that I would be bringing the message this morning, <clears throat> I began to pray for that word. And my flesh kept jumping out and telling me that I needed to share this word. And I started and I realized, no, that's me. And then I, I started again on something else that I thought was God. But no, it was not Him. It was me. And He told me to share this with you this morning. And I know that we all need this Word. And I'm not worthy to present this Word only through Christ. <clears throat> and I know that I am healed of this laryngitis. It don't sound like it, does it? But you know what? I am healed. And that's what God told me to share today. That we need to have the faith to believe that when we pray, God hears us and He answers. And I, we know that God's Word says healing is the children's bread. That is absolute truth. God's Word is absolute truth. It's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It's life. And He wants us, all of His sons and His daughters, to have life and to have it abundantly. That's what Jesus said. He said, I am come, I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But the devil, Satan, in his kingdom of darkness, in that same verse, John 10, 10, but 10a, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal the truth of what Jesus said. Abundant life. Abundant life. And when we need a touch of God, for healing. We must come to God with faith. And we hear that all the time. Faith. 
We've had teaching after teaching on faith. But I could not even begin to speak on faith without beginning in Hebrews chapter 1, 11, excuse me, verses 1, 3, and 6. Now, I know we've all read this time and time again. We've meditated on it. We've sought God for a clear picture of what He's saying to us. And I want to share a quote with you that I heard just recently. And it was not from a man of God, but it came from God speaking through that man. And we, when we come before God, when we're facing chronic pain that never goes away, it wears on our spirit. And the devil and his demons pick up on that and they hammer away. They hammer away. And what, what they want to do is this. Steal your faith. Because once your faith is stolen, you cannot please God if you allow that to happen. And that's in verse 6. We're going to look at that. Do not let the devil put fear on you. That's his main tool of stealing, especially faith. Because Faith is the opposite of fear and vice versa. Where fear exists, faith cannot be what it should be. A simple childlike faith in God to know that He's a promise maker and He's a promise keeper. And He says for us, to come before His throne of grace and mercy. Boldly before His throne of grace and mercy. And I tell you, I just, I'm just awed by the fact that He invites us to come like that before Him. And He says, come in faith and ask. And what does He say? You will receive. But the devil wants to steal that. Now, the definition of faith according to Hebrews, God's Word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Isn't that beautiful? But it, isn't it a, somewhat mysterious. You understand what I'm saying? And that quote I want to share with you from the secular world speaking through a man that didn't know that he was speaking God's Word. And this man said it this way, and I'm going to say it a different way. He said, no one, let's see, let me back up here. I want to get this right. Unless one can see the invisible, they cannot, that, that person cannot accomplish the impossible. And you know God, there's nothing impossible with God. And He tells us that nothing is impossible with us. Even if we have small faith. Faith is a grain of mustard seed. We can say to the mountain, be removed. And it will. It will. It will be moved. We've got to have Childlike faith. And I picture a child looking up to a father, an earthly father, 
in awe. And I would like to say that I couldn't have done that. But praise God. God rescued me out of that. Before, before I graduated from high school, before that, our, our home was chaos. <clears throat> My father was an alcoholic. He wasn't abusive, but he was not a father. He wasn't with us much. When he would go on a binge, he'd be gone. We, knew, we didn't know where he was or what was happening. And I saw him. My mother, weeping so many times. It breaks my heart to share that. But it ended well. Both of them were saved. I was saved. My oldest brother saved. But the middle brother was not. And I really weep over that. He was troubled. The devil stole his entire life. But I say all this to continue on with Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand that the worlds, the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. In other words, God in His creative power, He's all-powerful. He created the universe from nothing. There was nothing. But He spoke it. He spoke it. And that we can see from that beginning as we study in Genesis throughout all of God's Word that there is power in our words. And we've got to be careful how we use those words. And we use them every day. I've got a profound grasp for the obvious. And I pray that my voice will hold up. Pray with me that it will. <clears throat> I'm going to have to clear my throat. This word is very important. Thank you. So very important. In verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently Seek Him. And I know we all know that. We've read it. We've studied it. And again, we've meditated on it. We can't even approach God without faith. We can't know God without faith because we have to place our faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. By faith, we receive Him before we can have that fellowship with Him that He wants us to have intimate relationship. But without faith, we, it's impossible to please Him. Again, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and listen, that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I know you've heard me say this many, many times and you'll hear it more and more because I hear it more and more. God reminds me of that Word Diligent. And I know you can hear my voice now saying, I know what he's going to say. It's something that's done with constant, careful, steady effort. And what is that? That's something that we do day in 
and day out, from sunrise to sundown, and every minute that we can in between. And I realize that on our jobs, we can't just stop and meditate. But you know, God created us so fearfully and wonderfully. And we all, every one of us, have a sound mind. And we can be doing other things. And we can feel the presence of God. We can hear His voice speaking to us. And we don't have to open our mouths at that time. But we can speak back to Him. Do that. Do that. Now, I was born again in 1966 as a senior in high school. The year, the school year, 66, 67. And I got drafted in 68. I had been in church somewhat. Vacation Bible school, Sunday school occasionally. And I heard my dad's oldest sister a lot because she was a woman of faith. But she was a woman so full of faith that she was one of those that people of the world defined them as having being so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And I heard my dad say that. And I heard my brother say that. And I thought that. But you know, I look back on that woman and what she meant to me scared me to death. I ran when she came. Not all the time. She wasn't, she wasn't that way every time. But on Sunday mornings, on the way to church, she lived right down the road from us and we lived north of her on Goat Rock Road. And we went to Union Grove Methodist Church. So on her way, she would pull off at our house. And somebody would say, Aunt Florence is here. Duck, run. And she would knock on the door. Nobody would answer. And she would open the door and say, if you don't come to church with me today, you are headed for hell. We heard that so many times. But she was right. But she was a choleric personality. Strong. Strong-willed. But she was right. And I look back on that. Those times. Longingly. But I just want to say all this to say this to you. Don't let the enemy steal anything from you especially faith. And I know that everyone in here, especially those that are aging, we're not old, we're aging. You, amen. You experience pain every day. And I can, I can hear Pastor Hand saying to me one one time we were on a pastor's advance. We were in a motel. And I came out of my room as he was walking down the hall. And he, I started walking with him and he said, Bruce, how are you this morning? I said, well, I'm fine except my back. I have this back pain. And I think I probably said, this pain is killing me. And I want to go over that in a few minutes. And he said, Bruce, Get used to it. The older you get, the more pain you're going to feel. He said, I don't, I'm in pain every day. And you know, Pastor Nelder, <laughs> I wanted to cry for what I said. And I had to repent. Because what I spoke, powerful words, my back's killing me. That back pain's still with me. But praise God, it's not unbearable. Don't speak the negative. Speak God's Word. And what is, God's Word is positive. 
There are some things in there that you could say were negative, but they're not. All of them are positive. Because even in the Old Testament, the history where we see where God had to destroy men, women, and children because of their evil. And He knew. I've had people ask me, why would God do that? He knew what they would do for all of their days. They would not turn from their evil. And He had to do that. And God's people, He spoke to them and told them reminded them of their covenant with Him. And He did that through the prophets. And He would tell them, warn them, that where they were headed was disaster. That they needed to repent and turn to Him. Get on the old path, as Jeremiah said. Jeremiah 6, I think. Don't get on that wide path to destruction. If you do, God will bring it to your attention. Repent quickly. Get on that narrow path that leads to life. <clears throat> and I'm so sorry. God, I know God's leading me to say what I'm saying. But I've got to move on. <clears throat> Believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And when we ask, we will receive. We will receive what we ask. Now, before I begin getting deeper into this discourse about changing things by speaking things that are not as though they are, I want it to be clear that I'm not saying that we can we can create something out of nothing. And I've heard godly men arguing over their interpretation of Scripture that seems to say that we can ask for anything and it will be done. Many call it name it and claim it. That's not good. God, this, this kind of creative power is reserved for God only. He created the universe from nothing. But every, any scientist you ask will tell you that nothing can, be, can come from nothing. There has to be something to create with, but yet so many of them deny God. The devil has them in his court. <clears throat> so I want to be clear that what I'm saying is that we can't create something out of nothing. It's reserved for our God. He is the Creator. But though our words are powerful and can have tremendous impact on people's lives, our words alone do not have the power to call things that do not exist into being. However, I believe, and this is my interpretation of Scripture, and I can hear Pastor Ann saying this many times before he preached. He would say, I'm going to make you say, uh, glad, sad, or mad in this message today. And you won't agree with everything I say, but take the meat Spit out the bones. Now I hear him saying that. And I know he wouldn't wouldn't mind if I if I say that now. So if this is a bone to you, spit it out and receive the meat. Now, a spiritual law that two of us, too few of us realize is this that what we confess with our mouth, will rule our lives. It will absolutely rule our lives. What we say is our confession. As I said to Pastor Hand, this, my back is killing me. 
I confessed that this pain was killing me. And if I would have continued to do that throughout the rest of my days, it would kill me. That's the power of words. And I'm going to get to that scripture in just a few moments that tells us that. One example of what I'm sharing with you today is found in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, where Jesus said, For verily I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says, whatever he speaks. Now that's where some say, name it and claim it. Because the King James Version says, he shall have whatever he says. Meditate on that for a while. God wants us to have abundant life. He wants us to have all of our needs met. In Psalm 23, David says he is our shepherd and we shall not want. And for years I read that and I said, wow, I shall not want. And I thought about my wants. And I want this. God, I want this. I would like to have that. F-150 Lariat. And I, I got one of those. God blessed me with that. But it was a lot of years before I got it. And it had quite a few miles on it when I got it. And I put a lot of miles on it when I got it. And it has a lot of miles on it now. And I gave it to the person God told me to give it to. I took good care of it. But that's not what this is saying. That we can have whatever by speaking it. But the things that are according to God's will. And His will is that we have abundant life. And have the things that we need. And to be blessed. And He will bless us. And He does bless us. Meditate on these words of Jesus just for a moment. Did Jesus really mean what He said? Now that's a ridiculous question. Of course He did. And what He said, He will do. And this is what He said. He who believes in His heart. These things, whatever He says, these things that whatever is needful for us, He will have it. Healing the children's bread. Children's bread. You need it. I need it. We all need it. And it's available. And we need to speak it. When we're hurting, when we're in chronic pain, and I meet a lot of people that are in severe chronic pain, and some can't do anything but complain with tears. But some rejoice in the Lord with tears. The tears from the pain, but also tears of joy because they know who they are. And regardless of how they feel, they are going to praise the Lord. And we've got to learn to do that. And I've learned that. I've learned it the hard way. You don't have to learn it the hard, hard way. But it's true. He says, whatever we need, and we ask for it in faith, and we'll confess it, we will receive it. However, Paul said this, and I'm backing up to that clarification I gave just a few minutes ago. I should have had this scripture there. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. He said, But avoid foolish 
in ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife, discord, disunity. And I think of that when I hear two people arguing about their interpretation of a scripture. I'm not going to argue that. Whatever God speaks to them, they need to run with it. But God gives us the truth. And the truth says, when you receive my Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior, and you go on, He is the Lord, but we have to learn that He is the Lord when we go from lost to saved. And it took me a long time to learn to say, Lord before Savior, because that's the order it came from. God has always been Lord. Now, Jesus has always been Lord. He was here before the foundation of the earth. We all, all know that basic principle, teaching of God's Word. God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit. But we don't want to cause discord among believers. We want to be in one accord. And there's different denominations because of different interpretations. But there's one body in Christ. And we need to remember that. And we need to remember this. It is always with the heart that one believes and believes unto righteousness. And that confession is made unto any of the needs provided by God. Now in verse 24 of Mark, verse 11, God says this, Therefore, I say to you, whatever you think, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. But you've all heard some say, be careful what you ask for. And I always heard people say, don't pray for patience. You better be careful what you're asking for. Because God's going to try you. Praise be to God. Try my patience. I've got to have patience. And I've learned patience through trial. I've been impatient. And I would like to say I would never be impatient again. But I'm flesh and blood just like we all are. And Satan attacks us in the flesh. But we've got to be careful. Now faith, we understand, is a necessary ingredient in all prayer and supplication. Faith. Without faith, we can't please God. We can't please Him. But, listen, we've got to mix our faith with God's Word. And the faith element has got to be strong. Exceedingly strong. And that's my interpretation. And I'm not there. I'm striving for it with all my heart. And I encourage you to, to have great faith. And I'm going to share if I have time one who had great faith. And Jesus marveled at his faith. Marveled. Okay. What we speak, what comes out of our mouth, and we continue to speak it, we will receive it. And I am healed of all of my afflictions. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and I'm not saying this to say, look at me, he's in pain. No, look at me and say I'm not in pain because my focus is not on that. My focus is on him. And I'm not saying that to say, again, look at me because I am a melancholy personality and I have never liked to be the center of attention and I don't like it now. But I'm here because it's God. God put me here. 
And I'm here to do what he says to. And then my flesh, my flesh fights it. But praise God, I'm, I'm not going to fight with God. I'm going to put away the flesh through faith in Jesus Christ. Consider this. The words that we speak are a blueprint of our life. Maybe a roadmap leading us places. And with this blueprint, our words live. When we speak life, we receive life. We speak death, we will receive death. Now I want to share that, that verse that we most all know. Proverbs 18.21 This is confirmation of what I'm sharing with you here about speaking positive, no negative. Do not speak death, the words of death. Speak life because Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that speak, they that love it, shall eat the fruit thereof. It's a bitter fruit to speak negative. And again, I've met many people who have a prognosis of death. And I've seen those who receive that. And they die quickly. I've seen those that say, no, I'm trusting in God. I'm in pain. But God gives me the grace and the strength to endure and to fight. And I'm going to fight. And some of those I'm talking about do not receive that, well, they, they don't receive that prognosis nor the treatment. They decide, no medication. I'm going to trust God. That takes great faith. But we can have it. And we look at that. What we believe and speak affects our immune system. Doctors say this. When you speak positive thoughts, positive words out of your mouth, your brain releases a chemical. And it's called endorphins. Big word, which I don't understand. But most doctors will say, some say, it'll bring forth healing. Some say, no. It'll help you through your pain because they are chemicals in your body that easily, either way, it's of God. He designed that. Our bodies have the ability to heal. And that ability He's given us it's built into us to have that faith, to believe Him for it, to say to our bodies, be healed through Christ and receive it. Through Christ is Him. It's not us. We don't have that power, but we have access to it through Christ to ask for it. Our own words can change our immune system for better or for worse, if you have an immune system problem today, look to God. Ask Him to help you to speak positive and be positive and pray positive and speak healing from that immune deficiency. And He will show you what you can do as He brings forth the healing. And we see this so clearly about the power of the tongue. In James chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. But I'm going to share with you verses 8 and 9. But in verses 3, two, three verses 2 through 10, we see that our words can be 
and unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And that's what we speak when we speak the negative and they were not healed and this pain is going to kill me. We're speaking death. Poison. We're releasing poison into our bodies. So we see that out of the mouth proceed both blessing and cursing. Can be. God tells us to choose life, not death. Blessing and not cursing. And we can choose. Choose life. Choose blessing. Not death and cursing. That, that kind of death is cursing. That death is eternal death. And you know, early on as a believer, I misunderstood eternal life. I thought eternal life was for those who believed and they would go to heaven. But I didn't know where, where those who didn't believe were going. But they are eternal beings as well. And I know y'all know that. You're far enough along in the Word, I know. But there are people out there that think that everybody goes to heaven. Comes straight from the devil. And I heard that. One night, Jan and I were, one evening, were watching Wagon Train. I don't know if y'all have ever watched that. But one person on there said this at the end, toward the end, where this evil man was dying. And he was a concern, the, the evil man was, about where he was go, going. And the man he was talking to had no clue. He said, I believe we all go to heaven. And I told Jan, I said, Jan, did you hear that? I never heard something like that on Wagon Train. I never paid attention to it years ago. But evil words coming out of that man's mouth. Our, our words are vital to our health and our well-being. We must learn to speak the words of health. And these words of health, our body believes. Our body understands because that's the way God created us. Isn't that wonderful? God's word is loosed into our bodies when we speak His word out of our mouth and when we're busy throughout the day working, as we, as we communicate from our brain with God while we're talking or with others, that's possible. But mainly, the words from our mouth, we lose healing and health in agreement with our brain and our brain in agreement with us and our brain in agreement with God and how we're created. This is a diligent, this is what's happening, a diligent affirmation of God's Word. In faith, we are losing healing and health into our bodies. This healing, these words in our immune system are an anointing from God that is capable of eliminating sickness, and disease in a natural manner. And I'll tell you, I'm going to pray that over anyone who's facing a prognosis of death. I speak it. And I have had family members say, well, we just want God's will and believe me, we all pray our prayers that it would be God's perfect will. But He tells us to pray. And we have that ability to pray and believe for healing and believe for life. Now, I realize as we age, we are going to come to that day when God is going to call us home.
Rejoice in that. Rejoice in the aging process. Don't be a some do. And look in the mirror and see the aging taking place. And have that um, heaviness that the enemy wants to put on you. Aging is a privilege. Not all have. Not all get it. And I have looked at aging. And if you look at it, and, and I've shared this before, the aging process has four seasons. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. And when I first realized that, I realized that winter was in mid-70 to 80. And when you got over that, you were in the winter season. And at that time, I prayed with people, not that I prayed that verbally to them, but silently I would pray for those who were in the late winter season of life or the midwinter season of life, that they would have perfect peace and comfort from God. But then God said, Bruce, you realize you're fast approaching 80. And he said, how do you feel there? I said, same way, God. I'm excited. I'm excited because I have a home, home-going celebration that's coming. Praise be to God. Can I get a hallelujah? Praise God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Now, medical doctors assist us. They assist their patients through physical means by prescribing medication and surgery for the physical body. But God's healing is a spiritual, is spiritual, administered through our spirit because the Holy Spirit in us, in our spirit, which we're born with, a spirit, the spirit of man, in our spirit man, Communicate. Healing is from God. Spiritual. Spiritually administered. But He uses doctors. And I pray for our doctors every day. And I thank God for every one of them. And every one of those doctors that you meet every day will not be men of God. But many of them, and I thank God for the Majority are. And I see doctors praying for their patients every day. Praise be to God. And I wish it was everyone. But this healing is spiritually administered through the, the ability of the doctor. But I don't want to have to take medications. And I've talked with Jan just recently about that. If, and I believe it's not going to happen, but if it does, I don't want a chemical put in my body that will destroy other parts of my body, especially my brain. I want to rely on God for that, for His, His hand, His presence. Now, and if y'all can, can bear with me, I don't... I don't know what time I started, but I'm looking at the clock. And it's taking a little bit more time because of my voice. I'm having to, to clear my throat constantly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, in verse 9, God tells us this. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. And what God is speaking to us this morning about speaking positive, speaking life over death, positive over negative, good over evil, is a principle of His Word. And it's true. And we've got to do it. And we don't end even have an inkling 
of what God has prepared for us as He tells us in that Word. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Now in verse 11, for God, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God completely except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God. Holy Spirit in us and with us. So we can know God intimately if we seek Him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And I'm going to move on along here. Now, in Psalm 107, verse 20, God's Word. He sent His Word and He told them and delivered them from their destructions. That's what He says. I sent My Word and healed them. He doesn't say He sent His Word to heal him. He said He sent his word, and healed him. Get the difference. Cling to that difference. That is the truth. God considers it done. All that we need for life has already been provided, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's all done. As Jesus said, as we well know, before He took His last breath and gave up His Spirit, He said, it is finished. It is finished. We have the power of God to speak life. And we need to speak life over everyone that we meet. And I've had people tell me, how do you know that person that you're speaking blessings over? Why are you blessing them? Simple answer for me, God loves everyone. Everyone on this earth. Everyone that's ever been here. And everyone who ever will be here unconditionally, and we are to love unconditionally. The difference is heaven or hell. Heaven, if we believe in Jesus Christ and what He's done for us, and we speak that and we confess it with the mouth from our hearts and we're born again. We have eternal life in heaven, but we've got to speak blessings and speak life over those who are without spiritual life, that they will receive it. And I believe that when we pass somebody, if God says, pray for that person, and they're walk, walking away, turn, face them, and say, God, I don't know what their need is, but meet it. Lord, I think you're telling me that they need you. Lord God, may they hear your calling and respond positively to your voice and be born again and have life eternal with you, Father. And that's got to be our heart. It's got to be. Of course, I know my gift, I believe, even though I'm a melancholy, is evangelism. So I'm going to say that, and I'm going to put an evangelistic, well, I'm having trouble not only with my voice, but with uh, a prosthetic device.
that I have in my mouth. I'm still trying to get used to that. <laughs> and I know that, that I'm... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. In my mouth, it's prosthetic, prosthetic. I have trouble speaking, pronounce, pronouncing some words. Okay. Okay, the words of God are carriers of faith. Don't forget it. We need to continually affirm that and agree with it daily. I am, and you must, affirm your healing every day, many times throughout the day. And as the Apostle Paul said in, verse, in chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, but of the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit that dwells in you. And we know we're going to die physically, but we're not going to be dead, those who believe. Not dead. And when I, I have learned when I preach a sermon at a funeral, I don't preach death for that person in that casket. That's that vessel, that life of God dwelt in them, within them, in, and they are alive, very much alive. Now, I've, got to, I've just got to get to this. The two most powerful examples of this kind of faith, in my opinion, are the woman with the issue of blood and the Roman centurion. Oh, my goodness. They both called those things that were not as though they were the woman of with the issue of blood. I don't know how long she had been saying this, but I believe it's been a while. She said over and over and over again, I know, if I can touch just the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be healed over and over and over again. And as she saw Jesus and she was approaching him, she was saying and speaking this, if I can touch it, the hem of his garment. And we can touch the hem of his garment, figuratively speaking, as we proclaim the truth of his word. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed. Isaiah 53, 5, I believe. And it's also in one of the letters of, of Paul, I believe. I can't think straight when I'm trying to get a lot out. Okay, into the centurion. He said to the, the woman with the issue of blood, she said, he said, woman, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and receive your healing. And then to the Roman centurion, a Roman soldier with faith so powerful he approached Jesus asking for help for his servant. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house shortly. But the Roman soldier said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. All you have to do is speak a word and my servant will be healed. All we have to do, speak that word to God and rely on Him speaking it for us and believe it. It's done. It's finished. Healed. And Jesus, turning to those who were with Him, said this. This is astounding. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, in closing 
Let us not forget the Great Commission. All of you, all of us who have received Jesus Christ, have received the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And as our pastor so patiently reminds us of those especially who are called into the ministry, the fivefold ministry. We are told these signs will follow them who believe, especially those in the ministry. My, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will seek, speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. That doesn't mean rattlesnake handling. That means safety, in my opinion. When we go out, because the next thing he says, they will drink deadly things that are deadly, and it will not harm them. He's not saying, go out and drink poison. Drink 100% alcohol. Rub in alcohol. And it will not harm you because you profess my name. You, you confess it. He's not saying that. He's saying, these signs and wonders will follow us, and they must. And I see what our pastor is sharing with us constantly. Know it is God's Word. Desire it with all your heart. I desire it. You desire it. We desire it because that's God's will. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Meditate on that often. Astounding words from our Lord as He was speaking to his disciples, he was telling them that he was going away. He was going to be going to the cross. But he wasn't going to leave, leave them alone. He was going to send the Holy Spirit. And I'm shortening this. But then he went on to say this. I say to you, speaking to his disciples then and to his disciples today, because we believe, because of the testimony of those disciples that he was speaking to right then. Right then, he's speaking to us. He who believes in me, the works that I do, and greater works than these, he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ponder over that. Greater works. The works that we are told in the Great Commission go in His name. Proclaim the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today, and you don't know Christ, don't be ashamed. We all had to make that move one day. And if God is moving on your spirit, come and receive Christ today. Don't leave here without Him. And I want to close with this prayer. Lord God, Thank you for these words today. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking through this vessel of yours. Lord, I, I know that you've called me, but I, I don't have a charismatic personality. But Lord, I don't have to. I know your word and your word is the power. It's not in your vessel. It's in the, your word spoken through your vessels. And there are those in here who know who you're calling right now and speaking that to. Lord God, to not be ashamed to speak boldly 
the name of Jesus. Bless people. Bless them in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, may those who need to come forward, come forward today and receive eternal life in heaven, not eternity in hell. And Lord God, be glorified in all of these words. And Lord God, thank you and praise you for your move in this place today, in other places of worship around this state and the nation and the world today where you have moved. In Jesus' name, the mighty name, we pray. Amen.